Welcome. My name is Caleb, and you are listening to the Vitamin C Podcast. Oh boy, some people are shocked, disgusted, feeling cheated and robbed for the movie Barbie because, yeah, they dropped their nominations not too long ago for the upcoming Academy Awards. And what do you know, Barbie has a million nominations, but there were a few categories that it was not nominated for and therefore it got cheated and robbed and everyone should be very upset about it, even Hillary Clinton took it to Elon Musk's app X, formerly known as Twitter, to make a not tweet but post about it because, yeah, for some reason it's no longer Twitter and we no longer have tweets. But anyway, even she made the point to say how criminal it was that Barbie was robbed. And I thought, yes, I agree. I don't actually agree because you guys know, I thought it was a fun movie. It's not much more than that. It was a fun movie. I'm glad if you liked it more than that, but to me, that's all it was, was a fun movie. There's some things that are very good about it. One of the best parts of the movie, I thought, was Ryan Gosling as Ken. And what do you know, Ryan Gosling got a Best Supporting Actor nomination for the movie. Now, Margot Robbie did not get a nomination, and some people are upset about that. And, you know, it's fair. I wouldn't have been mad if she got nominated. There would have been no problem on my end, but she didn't. And you know what? Every year, there are people that give great performances in huge movies and they don't get nominated. Tom Cruise, for example, in Top Gun Maverick, which was the top-earning movie of last year, or I guess of the year before, did not get a Best Actor nomination for Top Gun Maverick. Now, you might be thinking, he didn't really do that much other than his usual Tom Cruise stuff in that movie. And while that's mostly true, I do think he does a little bit more acting than his other movies in that one, but I don't know. Either way, it was the top-earning movie. Everybody loved Top Gun Maverick, and guess what? It got a ton of Academy nominations. I felt it got snubbed in a few categories, but you can't win them all. And in Tom Cruise's case, hey, whatever. Your big, fun summer blockbuster didn't get you an Academy nomination. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. And to be fair, Margot Robbie's not crying on social media, and Greta Gerwig, the director of Barbie, is not crying on social media. I doubt they care that much. Like, it's always nice to get recognition for stuff, but I think they're fine with the paychecks they got for the movie. Like, people are mad over nothing, in my opinion. Because every year, there are some weird submissions, some weird people that get nominated for awards, and every so often weird movies and people that win awards. But it's nothing to get that upset about. It's all made up. Anyway, for this episode, I was supposed to be talking about a new movie. I didn't know what new movie it was going to be, just a new movie. I was planning on maybe doing the movie Lift that dropped on Netflix a couple weeks ago, but I still haven't gone around to watching it. Truth be told, I told you guys, the reason I went to one episode a week is because I am so busy right now with this new job that I started, I really don't have time to see movies right now, and I don't have a ton of time to record and to edit. So since recording my last episode, yeah, I have not watched a single new movie, which is rare for me. I have watched in the month of January, which I think by the time you guys get this episode, it will no longer be January. But in the month of January, I only watched four new movies, which to put that into perspective, last January, I watched 29 new movies. 
might have been 30, but I think it was 29 new movies. So I am just way, way behind where I normally am at this time of year, but I've just been very busy. I don't think I've ever worked this much in my whole life. It's not a bad thing, though. Not a bad thing. It's been a very cool experience so far. I'm just kind of busy. Anyway, I figured for this episode, what I would do is talk about some upcoming movies this year. Some that I think a lot of people are looking forward to, some that I'm personally looking forward to, and I don't know, talk about a bit of other stuff. But mostly the focus is on upcoming movies this year because nothing has really come out yet that is must-see, in my opinion. There's nothing that everyone's been waiting for for years and years that has come out so far, but we're about to head into that season. So I figured I would talk about some of these movies that I'm looking forward to, some movies that I think other people are very much looking forward to, and kind of just go into that. So I did actually post on Instagram a few weeks ago some of the upcoming movies of 2024, and I asked what everyone was excited for. And some people had mentioned Sonic 3. I actually think most people had mentioned Sonic 3, which is coming out, I believe, the week before Christmas. And yeah, that's one I'm excited for too, especially after I heard this rumor that Hayden Christensen was going to be voicing Shadow in the movie, which I don't know anything about. Could be true, could not be true. I'm not sure. Really no idea. I don't have any sources that are tied to Sonic the Hedgehog, so... I'll definitely have that higher up on my list if that ends up being true because I think it would be cool if Hayden Christensen made a bit of a comeback in Hollywood. But either way, I'm excited for Sonic 3 because I thought the first movie was a ton of fun. The second movie I thought was still fun. I didn't love it as much as the first. Actually, I take that back. I think I probably liked them about equal, but I was hoping to like the second one more than the first, and instead I said, ah, that was about as good as the first. I was hoping for better, but it was about on the same level for me. I'm still excited for Sonic 3, because I think the first two movies are fun movies, so if it's another fun movie with a character that I think is cool, then great, I'm excited. So as I was trying to compile my list of top 10 most anticipated movies, I did realize that some of them on the list were horror movies. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to have my own five horror movies that I'm excited for. And then I'm going to have the rest that are my top 10. Some of these are sequels to other movies. Some are just movies by my favorite directors. And so I'm just going to talk about those. But I do think that there are a couple other movies I might shout out. There is one movie in particular, Beyond the Spider-Verse, which as of right now they're saying is a 2024 release, but I left it off of my list because, frankly, I don't think it's going to release in 2024. I would be very, very surprised. If it was, it would probably be at the very top of my list, maybe number one, not sure. But first, I want to shout out some of these horror movies that are coming out that I'm very excited for because that's a genre that is kind of tough for me. I hate jump scare trailers to horror movies, and I hate horror movies that are just jump scare movies. I think that is a cheap scare. I like well-crafted horror, where there's a perfect blend of practical effects and sometimes CGI, visual effects, and all that is cool. But I love the use of practical effects. I love good camera work and just great direction in horror movies, great acting performances. I love that side of the genre because I think... There is some great cinema within the horror genre, but there is a lot of cheapness, a lot of tackiness that I just don't care for. And then there are certain 
horror movies that I just can't tolerate personally. They just scare me too bad. So you won't hear me talking about any of those necessarily here. But to start off these upcoming horror movies, there is A Quiet Place Day One. Now, this I see more as a thriller, but I know some people that do get scared by these movies. I find them suspenseful. I don't find them very scary. But if you're somebody that finds A Quiet Place Part 1 and 2 scary, then hey, this new A Quiet Place movie might also be scary. Now, this one is actually not directed by John Krasinski, who had directed... A Quiet Place Part 1 and A Quiet Place Part 2. And of course, it starred in Part 1 and then had his wife starring in both movies, but especially in Part 2. But instead, A Quiet Place Day 1 is being directed by Michael Sarnowski, who is a director that most people are probably unfamiliar with. When I saw his name, I said, I have no idea who this is. And then I clicked on the name and I saw one movie that they had done. They haven't really done a ton of movies. I think they showed a few short films for them, but... There wasn't a huge catalog. However, one movie in there that I had seen was the movie Pig, starring Nicolas Cage, which is one that I went to see in theaters and I actually had to leave a few minutes in because I was not feeling well. But I later watched it and wow, it's a very good movie. One of those that it's hard to sell anybody on because it doesn't have a very alluring title. And then they hear Nicolas Cage and they think, oh, is he playing this big, crazy, entertaining character? No, actually, he's a guy that's very reserved. And then they're like, oh, what is it about? Like, oh, well, this guy, he lives on his own in the middle of nowhere and his house gets broken into and they steal his pig. And then they think, oh, it's like John Wick. It's an action revenge movie. Like John Wick, The Beekeeper, The Equalizer, you know, one of those revenge movies. They took something from him. Now he's going to take it back. No, it's not that either. (laughs) So yeah, it's really hard to sell people on that movie, but I will tell you, it's a fantastic movie. So that gives me some hope for A Quiet Place Day One for sure, because I think it's in a world that has been created that's very interesting. I think you can tell a lot of interesting stories within the Quiet Place timeline, and I think this guy is a very solid director. So it's one I'm looking forward to. Speaking of John Krasinski... I don't have this movie on any of my lists, but he has a movie coming out called If, which is an acronym for Imaginary Friends. And it's got a very stacked cast. It's got Ryan Reynolds, and it honestly looks very funny and wholesome. And so that's one that I think is probably going to be a huge hit with the general audience, but we'll see. I have high hopes for that one, but it's not on any of my lists. So I thought I would shout that out while we're talking about this other John Krasinski franchise. Okay, next up in horror is Smile 2. Some people may remember that my very first episode of this podcast was the movie Smile. And you may remember that I was a wreck watching that movie. It was so tough for me to get through. It was the scariest movie I've ever seen in theaters. And I had sworn to myself that I would never watch that movie again. But then they announced the sequel and I thought, well... I kind of have to see it. I got a certain rush watching the first movie and it was so scary that it was fascinating to me. And so, yeah, I think I can't help but go see Smile 2 when it comes out. So yeah, sorry. I will warn you guys, it is scary. I thought it was going to be a dumb jump scare movie, but it was actually a good horror movie in my opinion. And the guy who wrote and directed the first Smile movie has also written and directed this sequel, which there's still no trailer to, nothing. So I'm looking forward to it. 
I don't know how I'm going to get through this one, but it is on my list this year. At number three, I have Leigh-Wanel's Wolfman. So this movie originally had Ryan Gosling attached to it, and when I was looking this up right before, I realized, oh, he's actually no longer attached to this movie, which is a huge, huge bummer. But Leigh Whannell is still directing. Leigh Whannell directed The Invisible Man back in 2020, starring Elizabeth Moss, which I think is a fantastic horror movie. I think Leigh Whannell is a great director. He also did the movie Upgrade, which some people may be familiar with. But yes, I think he's a very good director, and I have no idea what he's going to do with this Wolfman movie, but I'm still looking forward to it. I think it's going to be, if nothing else, a very well-directed horror film. At number two, I have Alien Romulus. So here's the thing, man. I love the Alien franchise. This is going to be not the first Alien movie not done by Ridley Scott, but the first one done in a long time not by Ridley Scott, because Ridley Scott did Alien, and then James Cameron did Aliens, but... Ridley Scott was still producing that. And then David Fincher did Alien 3, but it kind of got messed with by the studio. And then Alien 4, which is Alien Resurrection, I didn't even bother with. I know Joss Whedon wrote it. I don't remember who directed it. I've heard it's garbage, so I've never watched it. And then I guess there were the Alien vs. Predator movies. Those don't really count to me. But then there was Prometheus, which is a prequel to the Alien franchise. And then there was Alien Covenant, which is another prequel. And I happen to like those. Those are both done by Ridley Scott. I like both of those movies quite a bit. Even though they are very, I don't want to say divisive, but yeah, that's the word. They are very divisive. Old school Alien fans hate those movies. And even just people that are general moviegoers hate those movies. So I don't know. I like them quite a bit, especially Alien Covenant. I think Prometheus is... A very well-directed movie, has some fascinating ideas. There are a couple things I don't like about Covenant in that it's not a great follow-up to Prometheus. It feels like there's stuff missing, and sure enough, there is. I think there's like a whole hour of the movie that got cut out, but whatever. Anyway, Alien Romulus is being done by Fidi Alvarez, who has done a few movies that people like. He did the 2013 Evil Dead remake. He also has that movie Don't Breathe. I haven't actually seen any of his films, so it's tough for me to say, but I'm excited for this just because I love the Alien franchise, and I've heard he's a good enough director, so I'm excited to see what he does with it, even if he's not Ridley Scott. At number one in horror, I have Robert Eggers' Nosferatu movie. So Robert Eggers is a very fascinating individual, and he's made some creepy movies already. He has a movie called The Witch, he has The Lighthouse, and then he has The Northman. And The Northman is not necessarily a horror movie, but it is deeply unsettling at a few points. It's just kind of creepy and weird. But I like The Northman. But Nosferatu is getting a Christmas release. I think the original movie is fantastic. It is a silent film, but there is some excellent direction, some excellent costume, makeup, prosthetics, all that stuff. Really well done, and they really had to sell it with their performances too because, yeah, there was no spoken word. You couldn't hear dialogue, so they just had to be very expressive, and look, it's a fantastic movie if you can get past the whole no dialogue thing necessarily. There are dialogue cards, caption cards, whatever that appear on screen, but that's as much as you get. 
anyway, I think it's going to be a good year for horror fans, and I'm excited for a lot of those movies. There are a couple more that I'm excited for, but they're probably not releasing this year, so I'm just not going to talk about those to save time. Next, I'm going to talk about some of my most anticipated movies of the year, excluding those scary horror movies. So at number 10, I have Bad Boys 4. So here's the thing. Some of you may know I'm a huge Michael Bay fan. I think Michael Bay is unfairly treated both by nerds online and by critics. And really, nerds online are only mean to Michael Bay because critics are mean to Michael Bay and critics largely fuel the nerd community for better or worse. But Michael Bay did the first two Bad Boys movies, and the first movie is good, and even critics who hate Michael Bay will concede that it's actually a pretty fun action comedy. And then Bad Boys 2, I think, is friggin' awesome, and critics mostly agree that it is an absolute atrocity, a very offensive and terrible movie in every sense. I disagree with them. I think it is balls to the wall. I think it's great. It's fun, hilarious. The action's awesome. Martin Lawrence and Will Smith have great chemistry. Huge fan. And then Bad Boys 3 was coming out, and it was directed by, well, frankly, not Michael Bay. And somehow this was the first one that got amazing reviews. And everyone said, oh, wow, this is much better than the first two movies. And I said, okay, clearly you guys are just saying this because it's not Michael Bay. And yeah, I saw Bad Boys 3. It's a fun movie. It's not as good as the first two movies. (laughs) It's definitely not, and that's not a knock on Bad Boys 3. Bad Boys 3, which is Bad Boys for Life, is still a very fun action comedy, and it's largely well-directed, too. It's not a Michael Bay movie, but it's well-directed, and the directors of Bad Boys for Life are directing Bad Boys 4, so they are returning for that. And by the way, here's another funny thing. Bay still produced Bad Boys for Life, and the directors of Bad Boys for Life are Michael Bay diehards, and he was on set while they were shooting this movie, so it was funny that they're like, oh yeah, this movie's great because it's not Michael Bay, and it's like, uh, yeah, it's watered down Michael Bay, so this is still sort of Michael Bay. Anyway, I am excited for that one because I'm a huge Will Smith fan and I've enjoyed all three Bad Boys movies thus far, so I'm expecting to enjoy this new one as well. At number nine, I have The Fall Guy, starring Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt. So, yeah, this movie's directed by David Leach, who I'm a huge fan of. He did Bullet Train. He did the first John Wick movie with Chad Stelsky. He did Atomic Blonde, and he did Hobbs and Shaw, but I usually leave that one out because I think Hobbs and Shaw kind of sucks ass, but I do think David Leach is a great action director, and oh, also, he did Deadpool 2, which I love Deadpool 2, and I'll talk more about Deadpool later in this episode, but The Fall Guy looks like a very fun action comedy, and I'm a huge Ryan Gosling fan, so I don't know, man, what can I say? I'm excited for the movie. The trailer is getting a little bit annoying. I will admit that I have now sat through this trailer way too many times and it only dropped, I don't know, two months ago. So I'm hoping that doesn't kill my excitement for the movie. But David Leach is a director I happen to like quite a bit. I find his movies to be fun. I think he understands how to shoot action. And so that's why that one is at number nine for me. At number eight, I have Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, directed by Wes Ball, who directed the Maze Runner trilogy and who is about to spearhead the Legend of Zelda franchise on the big screen. So 
I like West Ball. I like the Maze Runner movies. I don't think they're amazing, but I think they're all pretty good movies. And from what I hear, solid enough adaptations of the source material. Now, here you have the Planet of the Apes franchise, which I'll admit, I haven't seen all of the movies. I saw the Matt Reeves trilogy. I've seen some of the older movies, but not all of the older movies. And I watched the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes movie. So, yeah, I've seen a good amount of the Planet of the Apes franchise. I especially love the, I call it the Matt Reeves trilogy, but he didn't do the first one in that trilogy, which is important to note because the first one is only decent. It's not that good. It's only okay. It's pretty good. But then Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes are really incredible movies by Matt Reeves. But yeah, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is, I don't know, Planet of the Apes movie. It looks fun. It's got monkeys. I like monkeys. I find monkeys entertaining, especially when they're talking. And I like Wes Ball as a director. I think that it's a franchise that has a ton of potential to just have a good movie made within it. I feel like it's tough to make something bad when you have a movie with a ton of talking monkeys. It's hard to make a bad movie out of that. And I think Wes Ball is a pretty good director. So I'm looking forward to that one. The trailer looks solid as well. Okay, now at number seven, I have Joker 2. I'm not going to say the subtitle to that or the official name of it because I don't want to say it wrong and have people think I'm dumb. Instead, I'm just going to admit that I don't know how to say that right and not sound dumb. But here's a fact. I really liked the first Joker movie. I was actually amazed when I saw it in theaters. It had kind of mixed reviews from critics, but the public perception was that movie was amazing. It was really, really good. And that was what I thought too. Made over a billion dollars at the box office for a reason. And that almost never happens with R-rated movies. Especially one like this that's very dark and atmospheric. Movies like that don't usually do that well. But I found the first movie to be very well directed, very well acted, and I enjoyed it. It was really cool to see on the big screen. I remember seeing it in a packed theater several times. And now this one's coming out and it's supposedly a musical secretly, which I don't know how people are going to feel about that, but there are going to be some musical numbers in the movie. Lady Gaga is in this one. She is technically Harley Quinn. I like Lady Gaga's voice and Joaquin Phoenix can actually sing as well. So I'm kind of excited for that aspect. Also, I think Todd Phillips is a pretty good director. He has some hits. He has some misses, quite a few misses, definitely. But I think when he's locked in, he can make a pretty good movie. And Joaquin Phoenix has also never done a sequel to one of his own movies before. So this is like the first sequel he's done. I also don't think he's ever been in a movie that made a billion dollars. That might be part of the reason for doing a sequel. If you had told me right when I walked out of the theater for Joker, though, that they were making a second movie, I'd say, oh boy, what are they thinking? But after a while, I had said, you know what? If they feel like they've got something good then they should make it. And look, this might just be one of those that they felt like they had something good enough and they were seeing dollar signs from the billion dollars that they made on the last movie. But hey, you know what? Good for them. The studio at the time, by the way, Warner Brothers did not believe in that movie at all, would not give them any money for it. And so Todd Phillips had to get a bunch of his friends to invest in the movie so that they could even make it. And then when it made a billion dollars, they said Todd Phillips, Joaquin Phoenix, and their friends that had invested in this movie had put their money towards it. 
they ended up taking home a majority of the film's box office. WB hardly got a dime out of a billion dollar hit because they didn't really see the vision. So that's kind of a funny thing to know on that movie. Anyway, same director. They got Joaquin Phoenix back. It's got Lady Gaga, sort of a musical. This could almost fit in the horror genre because the first movie is a bit creepy, but I don't think it's scary enough to classify as a horror picture. But I'm excited for this one, and that is why it's number seven on my most anticipated list. At number six, I have George Miller's Furiosa. It's a Mad Max story, so those who saw Mad Max Fury Road with Tom Hardy playing Mad Max, you might remember Charlize Theron's character, who's really the main character in Mad Max Fury Road, but she plays Furiosa. So this movie, Furiosa, is a prequel to Mad Max Fury Road, where they got Anya Taylor-Joy to play Charlize Theron's character. Now, you might be thinking, Anya Taylor-Joy doesn't look at all like Charlize Theron. You're correct. Does that matter? No. Not to me. I don't care. (laughs) It happens all the time, though, when they make movies and they have a younger actor for the prequel movie or whatever, and people are like, oh, they look nothing alike. I don't care. I really don't. Especially in this case, I love Anya Taylor-Joy, so I'm excited to see her in an action role like Furiosa because... The first movie, or I should say Mad Max Fury Road, is an action-packed movie. It's insane. And this movie, based on the trailer, looks just as crazy. It's George Miller again, behind the camera. They got Junkie XL back to do the score, which that's probably his most popular original score, is the Mad Max score. Visually, it looks like as much of a feast as the first movie. And they got Chris Hemsworth in this one. He's barely recognizable in the trailer, but it is Chris Hemsworth. And I love character actor Chris Hemsworth. Not that this is necessarily character acting, but he's definitely playing someone different than he plays in a lot of movies people are familiar with with him. So I'm excited to see it. I think Chris Hemsworth is actually a very underrated actor, and I think he's the bad guy in this one. So yeah, I'm excited to see that. That one's coming out in May, by the way, May 24th. I should be telling you the release dates of all these, but I'm forgetting to do that. Joker comes out in October. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes also comes out in May. Bad Boys 4 comes out in June. Next up at number 5, I have Rebel Moon Part 2, which comes out in April. So along with that, I am looking forward to the director's cut of Rebel Moon Part 1, and then hopefully the director's cut of Rebel Moon Part 2 will also come out this year. If you had told me last year that Rebel Moon Part 2 was not my most anticipated movie of 2024, I would probably assume that meant that I didn't really love Rebel Moon Part 1 that much, and I wouldn't say that's quite the case, but I liked it a lot, for sure. I think there was a lot of cool stuff about it, but I didn't love it enough where I'm just dying to see the sequel. I'm excited to see it, for sure. It's number five on my list for movies this year, but it's not my number one. And part of the reason is because I have not seen the director's cut for part one, which is really the real movie, but Netflix kind of wanted to do it where it was, hey, do a two-hour cut for initial release, and then you can drop your three-hour director's cut for your diehard fans, like me. So they wanted a more digestible version for the general audience for the initial release, and then the diehards would get the three-hour feast for those people that love his movies. 
I know people who have seen the director's cut or a rough cut of it, and they say, wow, it's like a different movie. And I know people who have the novelization for Rebel Moon Part 1, and yeah, it sounds like a very fascinating movie that I want to see. But I'm still excited for Part 2. I just really want those director's cuts as well, more than anything. So yeah, that's pretty high up on my list. You guys know Zack Snyder directs the Rebel Moon movies, or I guess at this point there's just one movie, but he directed both Part 1 and 2. I think he's a great director. I've been a huge fan of his work, so I am always looking forward to whatever he is putting out there. At number four, I have Gladiator 2, which is releasing the week of Thanksgiving, I believe. So this movie's got a super stacked cast. They got Denzel in it. They got Paul Mescal. They've got Pedro Pascal, I believe, in this one as well. And I think they have Barry Keegan. There are a lot of guys that shows attached to the movie on Google, but I don't know if certain people are replacing other people in the movie. I think actually Barry Keegan might have dropped out of this one, if I remember correctly. But Ridley Scott did return to direct this. Now, people always get nervous when there are sequels to movies like Gladiator, where it's like, whoa, Gladiator was amazing. Why would you ever make a sequel? It was perfect how it ended. I kind of agree that they never had to make a sequel, but it's also rare for them to make a sequel to a movie like that and have it be done by the same director. But that's the case here. Same director is a stacked cast, so I have a ton of faith that this one will at least be a good movie. I don't know if it's going to be as good as the first movie, but I have faith that it's going to be a good movie. Ridley Scott really just understands scope and scale too, so I'm excited to see what he can do with this film with the technology now, like 20 years after he directed the original movie. I feel like there's more interesting stuff that he'll be able to do. So definitely excited to see that. At number three, I have Deadpool 3, which actually comes out the week of my birthday, which is amazing. So yeah, I like the first Deadpool a lot, and I really like the second Deadpool, even though it's kind of not as well liked by most people. Most people love the first and think the second one's pretty good. I happen to like the first and love the second one. I mentioned I love the director of the second movie, David Leach, but they also have the MTV Unplugged version of the song Take On Me by AHA, and it's a really beautiful song. I freaking love that. I love the opening credits to Deadpool 2. I love that they had the juggernaut in the movie, and he actually looks like he's supposed to look. He's not the abomination he was in X-Men 3. And there's some really funny jokes. Some people have been burned out by Ryan Reynolds over the years, but I still find him funny especially when he's in the Deadpool costume. I think that they are very funny movies. And for this particular Deadpool movie, they have Hugh Jackman reprising his role of Wolverine. He's technically going to be a different Wolverine than the one that dies at the end of Logan, but it's still Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. So I'm pumped for that because I think his dynamic with Deadpool is going to be super hilarious. And they also got him donning the classic Wolverine suit. So yeah, I'm excited to see that. It's also being directed by Sean Levy, who some people don't really love, but I've enjoyed his movies. He did Free Guy with Ryan Reynolds just a couple of years ago. I thought that was a really fun movie. And he also, a little over 10 years ago, did Real Steel with Hugh Jackman. So this was him doing back-to-back -back projects with Ryan Reynolds, basically, and then reuniting with Hugh Jackman all these years later for another film. So 
I think that's fun, and I'm really looking forward to Deadpool 3. I've also heard a bunch of rumored people that are going to be in the movie popping up in random cameo roles, and I don't know how much of it is true, but I feel like anything's possible in the Deadpool universe, especially now that the Fox X-Men franchise is officially toast. I feel like there's going to be some funny humor in there related to that, but anyway, definitely looking forward to that one. And number two, I have the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, directed by Guy Ritchie, that releases April 19th, which is the same weekend as Rebel Moon Part 2. But this movie is starring Henry Cavill, it's got Henry Golding, it's got Alan Rickson, a few other people I like, Isaac Gonzalez, love Isaac Gonzalez, and most importantly, it's being done by Guy Ritchie. Who many of you know, I love Guy Ritchie. I find his movies very funny. I think that he has a very unique rhythm and flow to his movies where if you're on his wavelength, you'll love his movies. If you're not, then they may never really click with you, but you might find a couple of them fun. But I've loved pretty much every movie I've seen from Guy Ritchie outside of his Aladdin movie. I don't count that one. It's still fun enough for what it is, but I just don't consider that his movie. But yeah, I love the cast of this movie. A couple other people that are in this movie that I did not mention. There is Carrie Elwes, who has been in quite a few Guy Ritchie movies as of late. There's Alex Pettifer, who was pretty popular a little over 10 years ago. Some people might remember him from the movie I'm Number 4. He was also in that movie Beastly with Vanessa Hutchins. But it has a solid cast. I love Guy Ritchie's style. It's a solid premise, and it's written by these two guys who've done quite a few movies together that are largely considered to be good movies. They did a movie called The Outpost. They did Patriot's Day. They did The Fighter. And one of these guys actually did the first Air Bud movie randomly, which I thought was funny that he's the Air Bud guy, but he probably did that when he was quite young. But they've done some solid movies. And the synopsis for this is the British military recruits a small group of highly skilled soldiers to strike against Nazi forces behind enemy lines during World War II. From what I understand of this, this is inspired by true events. I don't know how closely this is going to follow a true story or how accurate these characters will be to who these people were in real life. But yeah, during World War II, apparently Winston Churchill had his own gang of, I don't want to say criminals, but they were highly skilled people. And it was almost like, I hate to compare stuff to comic book movies, but it was almost like his own version of the Suicide Squad that he had sent in to take down or to help overthrow Nazi Germany. And so, yeah, it's a Guy Ritchie movie. His movies are always funny. They're always stylish. He shoots some really inventive action sequences. And I just watched his last movie, The Covenant, which was very serious, emotional, and it might be his best work as a director. And even his movie, Wrath of Man, a couple years before that, was much more serious than his average movie, and I think it's exceptionally directed. And so I don't even know what the tone of this movie will be. I don't know how serious it'll be. I don't know how emotional it's going to be, but I'm very, very excited. I think it has a fascinating premise. And again, I just love Guy Ritchie as a director. So this one is very high up on my watch list. At number one, I have Dune Part 2. So this one was easy. I love Dune Part 1. That was one actually where when I saw it, 
I thought it had a cool atmosphere and that it was really well directed and put together and all that, but I didn't really love it on first viewing. And then when I rewatched it, I thought, oh, wow, this is actually amazing. It was just so much on first viewing that it didn't entirely connect until I rewatched it. But now I love Dune Part 1. Very excited for Dune Part 2. The director, of course, is Denny Villeneuve, who has made two of probably my top five favorite movies ever. He's made quite a few movies I love. I love Enemy. I love Arrival. I love Dune Part 1, of course. I think Sicario is a very good movie. But Prisoners and Blade Runner 2049 are both for sure in my top 10 favorite movies. And depending on the day of the week, I might have them both in my top five. So I love Denny Villeneuve as a director. He has cited Part 2 as being his magnum opus, or at least somebody did. Maybe I'm forgetting stuff, mixing up details. It's very late at night that I'm recording this, which you guys are probably used to by now. But he did mention that Dune Part 1 was meant to lay the groundwork for Part 2, so it was maybe a bit tedious at times because there was so much world-building necessary. But a big reason for Part 1 was to set up for what Part 2 will be. And I've already heard some spoilers from people who have read the books, but I know that he's going to deviate slightly from the books with this one. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing what he does with that. Again, I think he's a great director and the trailers alone look amazing. So I'm prepared to be wowed with this one. And this is going to be one that I will catch in a true IMAX theater, not a digital IMAX, but a true 70 millimeter IMAX theater. Anyway, I have talked long enough. I actually have to get to bed in the next 30 minutes. Otherwise, I don't know what I'm going to do with my day tomorrow. But those are my most anticipated movies of 2024. Maybe I missed a couple. I apologize. There might be a trailer that pops up from a director I love where I say, how did I not hear about this or how did I forget about this? But hey, it happens. Largely, these are my picks. Hopefully, you heard me talk about a few movies that you're maybe now excited for and wanting to see yourself. But that is going to be a wrap for today. So if you are not already, then please give this podcast a follow on whatever you are listening on right now. And also give me a follow on Instagram. You can find me under the username at vitamin C pod. There you can find updates both on this podcast and on movies in general. I thank you guys again for tuning in. You'll hear from me next week.